Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. An Erio's original. Welcome to Web Crawlers, a podcast where we do a deep dive into some of our favorite unsolved mysteries. Each week, we will introduce our topic, lay out our research and findings, reveal some conspiracy theories, and conclude with our own hypothesis. Who knows, we might even solve the case. I am Allie Siegel. I'm Melissa Stetson. And me, Maria. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Web me Maria. Uh, Web Crawlers has a Patreon to get access to rewards, bonus episodes, shout outs, these videos that we're doing. Please go to patreon.com slash webcrawlers. You can donate as little as $2 a month to become a bimbo patron. Also, super important, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Very important. Yes. Uh, if you've given us a review already, give us a review again, if that's even possible. You know, I don't think it's possible, but if you want to create a whole new account and <laughs> write another review, <laughs> do it. What else are you doing? What are, You're doing nothing right now, literally. <laughs> if you give us a five-star review and you screenshot it and DM it to us, we will give you a shout out on the podcast. Whoa. Yeah. How cool is that? And I will send you a picture of my feet. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's more than worth it. Is that a deal or what? (laughs) And also, we have a hotline. The number is 626-604-6262. So if you leave a, that was beautiful. If you leave us a message, we will play it on our Friday mini episode. Melissa, who are our new patrons? We have Hanneke B. That's a Mm. cool name. Michael B. Assuming that's Michael Bolton. Yes. Rebecca L. And Melinda M. Amazing. Thank you guys for being friends of the pod. So today we're going to be talking about all things witchcraft, the different offshoots of witchcraft, what are witches, what are different types of witchcraft that can be practiced. We're going to give you just like the layman's view of witchcraft, a general witchcraft 101 today. In film, witches are often portrayed as evil, scary, wart-nosed women hunching over cauldrons, stirring up evil potions like Maria does every night before she goes to bed. Or That's wish. just a drink. That's just alcohol. <laughs> or riding through the sky on brooms wearing pointy hats. But in real life, we know better. Witches are good, natural healers, worshippers of nature and the planet, and are mostly misunderstood. Plus, the real history of witches is complex, dark, and often deadly. So basically, we're going to give you a crash course on the occult. 
We also have an interview with actual witch John Tenney. Let's let's get, get into, into it. it. In the last 15 years, more than 2,000 accused witches have been murdered. But what do you really know about the witches who live among us? What does it really mean to be a witch today? So, Allie's grandma... Oh, yeah. This is a story I wanted to tell. Yeah. go. Your grandma was a Reiki master. What, what's this all about? Yeah. Okay. So, my grandma was a Reiki master, and which is like a hand, a Japanese like hand healing art, and which I also do. But she was like, she... I know one... There's three degrees of Reiki. So, I know one and two, and mm-hmm. I'm like getting a refresher on it now. But my grandma knew up to three, which is where you can actually like teach other people Reiki, oh. which is cool. And then my great grandma, great grandpa was a water dowser, which is also known as like a water witch. What the so hell what, is that? <laughs> yeah. So what he would do is he would like take dowsing rods, which would either be like it's like a metal rod or sometimes they, they would use a branch. And I don't know what year this would be in. So if this was like my great grandpa, this would be like the 1800s, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, my grandma well, like, was born in the 30s. So great right, grandma so would be tw- well. No, right, it'd probably be 1800s. early. It might. It depends on how old. Yeah, it would have been the early. Yeah, early it 1900s. On depends on how old you're. They wouldn't have been practicing in the 1800s. They could have been born in the 1800s. Yeah. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, because my grandma was born in like 19, 19, like 18 or something, she's dead now. So, <laughs> right. So my great, my great grandpa. So, well, my grandma was born in 1921, and she's alive. Yeah, my gra- my grandma died like when I was thirteen. Okay, so anyway, so what he would do is he would take like a dow- uh, like a metal rod or like a two wooden sticks, and people would call him to like different farms near near him, and he would use like his intuition or like like connect to nature or something like that, and like he the rods or like the the wood would like uh. Um, draw him to where the water on on the farm or underground was, Whoa. so that they could try to find water on the land. And where um, was this? Like, what part of the world? It was in it was in California. They they oh. were yeah they were somewhere in California. That's really great, know. and it worked. Like, yeah. he, that's what he was known for. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Cr- so yeah. what would it, it would just like take him to places or like move when he was yeah, so he like a like metal use, detector? Yeah, like a metal detector or like a, almost like a Ouija board when you like ask it questions and then it will like lead to a way. So he'd be like, where is there water on, on this land? And it would like lead him to where the water was. Damn, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool so yeah, so like my grandma, my grandma was like a healing lady and then my great grandpa was what they call like a water witch. Wow. A water witch. I love that. A water, a water witch. witch. Yeah, weird, right? So um there's very there's a lot of different types of witches. And we're gonna have an interview with this dude, John Tenney, says he's a witch and or is a witch and a shaman. Oh, okay. And he's like a big a, friend of the podcast. Huge friend of the pod. And uh he's also like a UFO expert. Right. And like a lecturer and like other things. And he's from Detroit, Michigan. Sick. <laughs> do, we have, right. do, we, do we have any ties to Detroit? From Kalamazoo, Michigan. I spent oh, a lot of right. I went to a lot of raves in Detroit. I didn't even know Kalamazoo was in Michigan. Oh boy. Where did you think I was I, from? <laughs> I thought Kalamazoo was its own state. Yeah. No, Allie. State of mind. Uh, yeah, state, it is a state of mind. Um, Melissa, what kind of witches are there? Okay, there's a lot of different witches. There's the traditional witch, and they take a traditional approach to their practice, and they often study what their ancestors or other folklore attached to witchcraft studied. So traditional witches, 
They want to honor the old ways of practicing their craft, and they often focus on working with local history and spirits of where they are or where they've come from. And while these witches do old history and customs in high regard, there are absolutely contemporary traditional witches who practice today. So they're like the basic, the basic bitch of witches. The basic, basic bitch of witchcraft. Witches. Then there's the Gardnerian witch. So Gardnerian Wicca is a practice of Wicca that started around the 1950s because of this guy named Gerald Gardner, who's often considered the father of Wicca. He's a witch daddy. Witch daddy. <laughs> those, your, your great grandpa was a witch. Witch, witch daddy. daddy. <laughs> so those witch, who pra- Witch papa. Witch papa. Oh. <laughs> Sounds too much like Papa Roach for some yeah, reason. <laughs> Cut my life into pieces. This oh my is God. my last resort. Mm, suffocation. Mm, no breathing. Okay, I'm done. Don't care if you're something. Did, haven't we sang Papa Roach on this podcast? I before? feel like I don't we know. have. I'm having oh, deja vu. Like that's such a good song, though. It is a good song. So, those who practice Gardnerian Wicca have strong ties to nature. They challenge societal norms and have many rituals that are the foundation of their practice. And in order to be a Gardnerian witch, you must be initiated, and members cannot initiate themselves. Weird. I wonder who initiates them, like uh, the coven, I guess, or? Yeah. So there's the sea witch. The sea witches feel collected to the ocean, the element of water, and they use a lot of water elements in their practice. They feel collected to water folklore, archetypes, and symbology. And then there's the kitchen witch. They are very home-based often incredibly nurturing, and love to make their home a truly special and sacred space. That's interesting. I've never heard of a kitchen witch. Well, I hadn't either. And then I know this witch. And she's like (laughs) was in my counseling program. And she considers herself to be a kitchen witch. Or she call I mean, she's like a she is a witch in a lot of different arenas. But she she calls herself a kitchen witch. And what do they do? They just they they're very nurturing. They make their home like a special and sacred space? I think they practice mostly out of their home. So their their home is kind of like a like a sacred altar and they, they do most of their stuff out of their house. But I, I actually have a lot of questions, which is why I want to have a lot of guests because I think there's a lot of like bullshit on the internet about what witchcraft is. So I want there's to ask, like, so many question. different resources that I've read. Some of them contradict each other and uh, there's so much information out there. So yeah, I wanted to have like real witches on. Yeah. So like a kitchen witch, in my opinion of what I've just skimmed over in the last 30 seconds is like Ina Garden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like a, ho- it's like, it's like someone that like just cooks from the earth, like, like creates a home. It's like, it's like basically like just someone who like, has a garden and cooks really good food. Well, the ki- the woman that I know like does have a garden. She makes all her own food. She's like completely self-sufficient. She like oh. all the all the meats and all the stuff she cooks like she has her own farm and she does everything like in like a self-sustained bubble. But also she does she like makes her own like portion uh potions and like aromatherapy and like concoctions and like drinks I want to be a kitchen witch. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think you'd make a good kitchen witch. Because a kitchen witch bakes the home and in chi- kitchen their sacred space, incorporating herbs from the garden into their food and practice. Like, I could do that. Yeah, and like <laughs> people come to her for like potions or, or concoctions or drinks and stuff like that, special drinks, and she makes it all based on stuff that she's grown at her house. Yeah, I, I could do that. Yeah. And then there's a hedge witch. So the hedge witch can cross the barrier between our world and the spirit world. So they jump the hedge or the boundary between the worlds, and they can do things like astral projection and communicate with spirits. My grandma used to say that she could do astral travel. Oh, right. Yeah. That's crazy. Then there's the Dianic witch, which is only for women. It's called the Cult of Diana. And they're, they practice feminist witchcraft. So they honor the women, the woman in all her forms, the maiden, the mother, and crone. It was founded by 
Zuzana Budapest in the United States in the 1970s. So that's like they they honor like all the stages of life of women. Like oh, Maiden cool. is like the younger, the youngest, the mother is like the next stage of life. And then the crone is like when you're an old lady. Oh, an old crone. An old crone. And then there's the kitty. Get off. What are you doing, kitty? Oh, God. Oh, poor it's maybe that's like your familiar witches always have a animal who's like their their little spirit guide. What movie is that from where they talk about their familiar? Probably like every witch movie. Mm. The Craft. Maybe. Then there's the Elemental Witch and they study and practice based on the four elements, earth, air, fire, and water. Yeah. Earth, wind, fire. Nope. So then there's the Green Witch. <laughs> They're the garden witch or the forest witch. They're connected to nature and Mother Earth. They use herbs, local plants, garden, etc. in their magic. So kind of like a kitchen yeah, witch. Similar to the kitchen witch. Then there's the cosmic witch or the star witch. They're into astrology, astronomy, celestial practices, planets, alignments of the stars, moon, etc. And then there's there's one witch that we forgot about. It's oh. uh, called the Sand Witch. Sand? <laughs> they study and practice the making of BLTs. No, <laughs> Melissa. That's not true. I love BLTs, though. I could be a sandwich. Allie's <laughs> like, really? There's a sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was, too. <laughs> Oh my god, that's oh, one of the f- we we should ask each of our witch guests if they've heard of the sandwich. <laughs> oh my god, I'm crying. <laughs> that's so funny. Okay, so witchcraft is practiced differently across many cultures. So there's tons of different types of witchcraft. Um we're gonna talk about hoodoo which is also known as root work or conjure, and that was brought to the Americas by African slaves. Hoodoo is also known as low country voodoo in the Gullah, South Carolina low country. It's a traditional African-American spirituality that developed from a number of West African spiritual traditions and beliefs. Did you guys used to watch Gullah Gullah Island? Come yes. and let's play together in the bright, shiny weather. Let's all go to Gullah Gullah Island. Gullah Gullah. Gullah Gullah. Benya. Remember Benya Benya? Yeah, I do. That big old frog. Oh, yeah, the frog. So hoodoo is a mixture of various African religious practices, and it's more like folk magic-y. And so there's voodoo, which is often associated with pins and dolls and headless chickens, but it's much more complicated than that. It's a religion that originates in Africa, and those who practice voodoo believe that there is a visible and an invisible world, <clears throat> and that these worlds are intertwined. So death is a transition to the invisible world, so our predecessors are still with us in spirit after they die. Yeah, I think that there's like a real um, uh, emphasis on like your ancestors. Yeah, so they, the predecessors, watch over and inspire us. There's the key figures, and this is the Hungen, which is the priest, and the Mambo, which is the priestess, or the Bokor and the Kaplata, which are sorcerers and witches. And, um, oh, do you guys remember when Azalea Banks sacrificed chickens? What? I... Didn't she have them in her closet or something? Do you, there was a video from a few years ago. She posted on Instagram. She had like this mask on and she had a sander. And she opened up her closet <sighs> and it was like there was feathers I, I just and typed blood. it in. Oh, my God. And she was like, the amount of crap that's about to come off my floor right now, guys. Oh, my God. Three years worth of brujeria, which is, it's a uh, witch. I think it means it's for Spanish. It's witchcraft, I believe. Well, yeah, because a bruja in Spanish is a witch. Right. So witchcraft. She's like, yes, you know, I got to scrape all this shit up. Real witches do real things. And she like turned on the power sander. And she was like sanding. Oh, my like, God. This feathers. is crazy. 
Her, she says, my mother practiced white table magic. What's white table magic? White prayers. Table, to, I don't know. Prayers to the ancestors and praying to saints and praying for all kind of protection. Maybe white. It's a white table magic. All I'm seeing is um, a Mexican white magic. Maybe that's. Oh. oh, yeah, it must be. It must be Spanish or Mexican magic because if she's using brew. Brujeria. What did she say? Brew. Brujeria. 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 And another type of witchcraft is called Santeria. I don't practice Santeria. I ain't got, I ain't got, got no, no crystal, crystal ball. ball. If I had a million dollars, well, I'd I'd spend it all. Wait, before we get into that, I wanted to talk about some of the voodoo spirits or things that that people uh, pray to. Because I found it. this cool, I found this cool article, and it's on Ranker. Um, so the first one is Papa Legba. And if you've ever watched American Horror Story, uh, they talk about Papa Legba a lot in the in the American Horror Story coven. So he's the most well-known spirit, and he's considered to be the gatekeeper to like the spirit world. So he's standing between the crossroads of the human and the spirit world. And he's the first spirit who's usually like incanted in a voodoo ceremony. And he's often seen as an old man with injuries or deformities. He wears a straw hat, smokes a pipe, uses a cane to walk, and he's known as like a trickster. Whoa. Yeah. Sounds cool. In in American Horror Story Coven, they always offer him cocaine as like an offering. I don't know if that's a thing or not. Oh, weird. Yeah. Then Urzuli Dantor. Urzuli Dantor is depicted as a black Madonna. Draped in robes with a crown on on her head. She has a scar in one cheek and she's mute because her tongue was cut out to ensure that she'd keep secrets. She's known as a mother figure and a protector of children. She's also the symbol of romance and love. And she's a very high respected spirit. Then there's Baron Samedi. He's the most visually recognizable of all the Loa. He wears a suit and tails a top hat, and he has a skull for a face. That sounds cool as hell. Yeah. He is a keeper of the spirit world and ruler of the dead. He seems similar to Papa Legba. Yeah. Erzuli Freda had three husbands, sick. Um, She is associated (laughs) with love. Yeah, so there's a lot of different, there's this cool Ranker article that says all the different, um, yeah, there's a lot of them, so we won't go through all of them. And then it also says, it has like the symbols that you can use to- Oh, those are cool. Yeah, to to summon them, I guess. Okay, I've made my piece. (laughs) So, Santeria is Cuban- And Santeria followers believe that one God created the universe and that the world is cared for by lesser divine beings known as Orishas. So since Santeria is heavily influenced by Spanish Catholicism, it developed in the culture of Spanish-speaking countries and colonies, and the focal point for the growth of Santeria is in Mexico and Cuba. And then Wicca, of course, is uh, a modern-day nature-based pagan religion. And it's one of the fastest growing religions in the world, actually. Wow, really? That's crazy. Yeah, most observations include the celebrations of solstices and equinoxes, the honoring of a male god and a female goddess, and the incorporation of herbalism and other natural objects into rituals. And many Wiccans believe in reincarnation, and it can be practiced by individuals or members of groups, sometimes known as covens. Okay, so next we have uh, the Salem Witch Trials, which is obviously like one of the most famous things associated with witchcraft. The Salem Witch Trials began during the spring of 1692 after a group of young girls in Salem Village, Massachusetts, claimed to be possessed by the devil and accused several local women of witchcraft. Elizabeth Paris, age nine, and her 11-year-old cousin, Abigail Williams, started having fits. They screamed through things and contorted themselves into strange positions. Ew. Yeah, and a local doctor blamed the supernatural. As you as you do. As one does. <laughs> Another girl, Anne Putnam, age 11, experienced similar episodes. The girls blamed three women for afflicting them. Tituba, the, fam- uh, the Paris family's Caribbean slave, 
Sarah Good, a homeless beggar, and Sarah Osborne, an elderly impoverished woman. A wave of hysteria spread throughout colonial Massachusetts. A special court convened in Salem to hear the cases. The first convicted witch, Bridget Bishop, was hanged that June. Eighteen others followed, while about 200 more men, women, and children were accused over the next several months. Oh, interesting. I didn't know men were accused. Yeah, I didn't either. Yeah. By September 1692, the hysteria began to die down and public opinion turned against the trials. The Massachusetts General Court later admitted the trials were a mistake. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. (laughs) Annulled guilty verdicts against accused witches and granted indemnities to their families. So this only lasted like less than a year. Crazy. I didn't know that. I felt like it lasted forever. No. What is this uh, theory? Well, ergot theory... I think we mentioned this like a while ago. I literally just made you you say it because I didn't know how to pronounce it. (laughs) (laughs) It could be pronounced ergo, ergot or ergot. But there was this study published in Science Magazine in 1976. That's like the the most suspect name for a magazine. (laughs) It's a real magazine. (laughs) Science Magazine. (laughs) And it said this fungus ergot, which is found in rye, wheat, and other like cereals, the toxicologists say can cause symptoms such as delusions, vomiting, and muscle spasms. So this could explain these strange afflictions that those, the people who said they were cursed by witches. So the whole like Salem witch trials, everything could be blamed on this weird fungus. Mushroom theory. Yeah, the mushroom theory. <laughs> the mushroom theory. <laughs> there it is. Again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's also some lesser known witch trials. There's the uh, Torsiker witch trials, which were in 1675 Sweden, where 71 people were beheaded. Crazy. There's a Fulda witch trials from Germany 1600s, where 200 people were killed. God. Crazy. And then there's also the Paisley witches, which was Scotland 1697 where an 11-year-old Christian Shaw said she saw her family's servant steal a drink of milk. She told her mom, and the servant Catherine cursed her, saying she wished that the devil would haul her soul through hell. A few days later, Christian ran into Agnes Naismith, an old woman reputed to be a witch. The next day, Christian got super sick, with symptoms similar to those reported a few years earlier in the Salem witch trials. After two months of being sick, she finally recovered, but then got sick again. She would become as stiff as a corpse and motionless. Her parents took her back to the doctor, and she began pulling balls of hair out of her mouth. (laughs) That's That's like the ring. Yeah, ew. Yeah. She claimed that they had been put there by the witches. Soon she began to pull other trash out of her mouth including straw, coal, gravel, chicken feathers, and cinders. Ew. Ew. Yeah. During her fit, she was sometimes talking to the invisible Catherine Campbell. Her minister concluded she was probably possessed by witches. (laughs) Her father went to the cops and said whoever was doing this to his daughter should be arrested. Christian named 35 witches, male and female. There was a trial. Of the 35 Christian named, seven were formally accused, and they were all charged with murder and tormenting people. Yeah. Uh, they were hanged and burned. Two of the seven were brothers aged 11 and 14. Yes, this like 11-year-old girl was like, just ha- had all these people killed because like her family was rich and she was like, yeah, there's witches. Everyone's like, oh. like uh, uh, clearly she was like putting this stuff in her mouth herself. Yeah, she was eating garbage. <laughs> yeah, what a weird kid. Yeah, fuck. I actually knew someone who used to eat, pull out her own hair and eat it. And then she had to get she had to get it removed from her stomach. What? Wait, hair doesn't? No, it doesn't dissolve. Wow. That's why cats throw up hairballs. Oh right, huh? God, eating your own hair—that's like I can't think of it. Like when you have disorder. a hair in my mouth, like that's the worst feeling. It's the worst feeling. <sighs> People are fucking weird. People are crazy. Okay, so current day witches. 
So in Ghana, still, women are often accused of witchcraft and attacked by their neighbors. And because of this, there are six witch camps in the country where women suspected of being witches can flee for safety. Wow. So the witch camps, which are, exist solely in Ghana, are thought to house a total of around a, a thousand women. Some of the camps have, have were set up over a hundred years ago. So the Ghanaian government has announced that it, it intends to close the camps. Wow. You know where the sandwiches go? Where, Allie? Where, Allie? Subway. Oh. Uh. <laughs> yep, they do. <laughs> do you know that Togo's is like to go? Wow. No, I didn't know that. Not I always thought me. it was called to go's. You did? Maybe I never thought it was called Togo's. Is it not called Togo's? I call it Togo's. I think it is Togo's. I've no I've never been there, but I've I've, I've never seen been it. there either. May I'll type in Togo's pronunciation. <laughs> I don't know if that's gonna be in the dictionary. <laughs> if anyone wants two goes or togos. Oh, okay. Oh uh, well no one knows. My coworkers and I pronounce it Togo's. Togo's. But it's like two goes. Sorry. <laughs> so women accused of witchcraft are still being murdered. Thousands of women are murdered in Tanzania for being accused of witchcraft. They're beaten to death and burned alive. And there's this article from Inside Over that says thousands of Tanzanian women, in particular older women, have been murdered over the last two decades after being denounced as witches. It's linked to hundreds of years of beliefs where magic and superstition were to blame for death, sickness, and poor crops. To date, laws still exist in Tanzania banning witchcraft. And so 93% of people in Tanzania still believe in witchcraft, while 60% of the population still rely on witch doctors to rectify maladies associated with witchcraft, such as illnesses, drought, or death. 
So my website is weirdlectures.com, and then I've tried to make everything else easy by doing like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Everything is just John E. L. Tenney. It's just my name. Okay, cool. Thank you so much. Melissa, what, what kind of stuff do we need to know from John? Our witch, our witch spurt. Your witch spurt. Witch spurt. <laughs> so how do you personally practice witchcraft? So I have rituals that I do every single day. I have seasonal uh, rituals that I do. I do a lot of ancestry work. So I do magic that kind of, instead of trying to speak to some larger omnipotent God, I stay really local and I try to do work with my ancestors. So my grandmothers and my grandfathers, and they were already helping me to be the person that I am before they died. So now that they're dead, they're just helping me from the other side. Oh, interesting. And do you know anything about which holidays? Uh, There's a lot. So it's strange, too, because most of the major holidays are pagan holidays to begin with. Right. They've just kind of been renamed. So, But over the past maybe 10 or 15 years, witches and the witch community have really started to say, like, well, there's also Beltane, and there's also Samhain, and they've created a whole new world of holidays that are witch-oriented and witch-specific. But most of the tradition is based, at least in in some of my historical readings, is based around the person that's doing the magic. So, Mm -hmm. like, my holidays are what are important to me. So I had a I I had a heart attack and died when I was eighteen. What? What happened? Eighteen uh, year olds sometimes have heart attacks and die. Did you? What? Well, first of all, no. But do you? Did you? Did you? <laughs> did, you did you? Did you go to the other side? Uh, I had. So when you when people have near death experiences, they have one of three usual experiences, which is the big tunnel of light and kittens and everything's wonderful. Yeah, that's the that's the one you hear about the most. Did you see demons? No. Okay. Sorry. Uh, okay, I'll let you. Do I did have what? I did have what's considered the darkest experience, which is you cease living and then become nothing but your own consciousness inside of infinity forever. And there's nothing but you and nothing ever will be but you. Oh, no. And you don't have a body or eyes or mouth. So you can't scream or cover your eyes because you're everything and you're the only (laughs) thing and you exist forever. Sir, this is a Wendy's. (laughs) 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 Wait, that's so so scary. That sounds like I don't want to hang out with myself for infinity. Yeah, it's not great. But back to what I was saying, like that's that's a really important holiday for me because I obviously came back. And so instead of celebrating a new year on the first of January, I have a little witch ritual holiday, which is on January twenty first, which is the day that I died. And a lot of witches and magic practitioners have days specific to them that mean something while sometimes also kind of glomming onto the overarching major holidays. What is like, so what, okay. I have so many questions now that I know. <laughs> okay. So were you, were you into spiritualism prior to your death? Uh, to a certain degree? Yes. So I had already started working with my mentor who was a conspiracy theorist. He was a historical teacher at Wayne state university who specialized in political assassinations of the sixties and seventies. And he had introduced me to a group of people who were a little bit further in the conspiracy realm. So they touched on the metaphysical and the paranormal. And those people brought me in to meet people who were ritual magicians and witches. And so I was just starting to get into those layers. And then I died. And then when I came back, I always thought I was going to be a teacher of folklore. Folklore. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so when I was going to college, I was like, well, I'm going to twist this and I'm going to start studying the occult and the folklore behind belief systems. And I just kind of spiraled out from there. Okay. So then you had mentioned like the, so witches usually have their own or like mystics or, you know, people who are into metaphysics usually have their own holidays that are specific to them or meaningful to them. But what what are like the main so there's like Beltane and you had mentioned what was the other one you had mentioned? Like Samhain, which is okay. kind of pre Halloween. But yeah. the majority what's strange though is that when when you talk about the major holidays, 
what's going to happen when you have witchcraft conversations right. is you're going to have people that are speaking about European witchcraft specifically uh-huh. and leaving out Sengalese witchcraft yeah. and South American witchcraft and, and Chinese witchcraft, which are witchcraft. Right. But mm-hmm. because the majority of people that you see online come from European descent, all of that other stuff gets brushed away. And so no one ever talks about the magical holidays of like the Chinese New Year, which is a huge magical holiday for yeah. witches in Asia. Right. Well, that leads us into our next question. Oh, I'm monopolizing again. I get so excited. <laughs> no, go no, for, okay. for it, girl. Well, what, 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 how does witchcraft differ cross culturally? It differs in the fact that. First of all, the witchcraft that everybody is in Europe, the European kind of American witchcraft everybody's doing now, was really kind of created in the mid-1800s. And it was very elite, wealthy, rich people who were Rosicrucians and Freemasons. See, witches get mad at me for talking about this. The majority of it was born out of that because there were a lot of like pervy old people. Sick. And they, they, they saw it as a way to be able to break the very Victorian norms of the time and, oh. and get naked. So you hear about sex magic all the time, which a lot of magic has nothing to do with sex. Now, sex magic can be super powerful and people have realized that it can be powerful, but that dominates the conversation now because of people like Aleister Crowley and Osman Spare. So there were witches in the 1900s where it became all about sex. So whenever you read Lieber, uh, like Lieber X from Aleister Crowley, and when you start reading those books, it all talks about the wand and the cave. And those are all allusions to penises and vaginas. (laughs) And people are like, no, we have to have sex to do magic. It's not. Because if you do look at like Senegalese witchcraft, which is one of the oldest forms of witchcraft that we know, it's as popular, accepted, and understood as a, a normal day-to-day thing. Any Anything here in America, like when you when you talk to someone from Senegal, like they know the eyes of the night. They know that the witches sit in the trees and they know that the spirits of their ancestors walk among them. And everybody talks about it openly and everybody practices it openly and no one thinks anyone is crazy for doing it. Yeah. The difference, that's the major difference that you see with American and European witchcraft is that people think that it has to be secret. And then you find a little group and you form your little coven and then you don't talk about anything outside of it. When in reality, it's supposed to be about talking about your weirdness and talking about what mm-hmm. you do to protect yourself right. and growing a larger community. What about like um, hoodoo or the more known kinds like, you know, like hoodoo and voodoo and Santeria and stuff like that? Yeah. So, there, I mean, obviously, some of these practices do have secrets mm-hmm. because they're very localized and sometimes uh, country or state or city specific and there's family magic that they don't want to get out. Uh, But then like you have the traditional voodoo, which, you know, obviously comes out of like the Atlantic islands. Um, But once it comes into America, it gets mixed up with like Pennsylvania Dutch Dutch hex magic. (laughs) So like Pennsylvania Dutch, Dutch hex magic gets mixed with voodoo and then you have hoodoo. And so now you have people that are worshiping traditional African gods, but they're representing them as Jesus, Mary, Joseph, Moses, Mm -hmm. and Noah. And so all of a sudden you see this huge conglomeration happen, which is absolutely fine because whatever empowers you is what should empower you. Well, that's crazy. I love that. What can witches do? Like, what do you do? What do they have the power to do? kind of a general question you really have so it, it sounds very and it is it sounds very metaphysical and you know lovey-dovey whatever but you really do embrace the fact that you're a part of the universe and that mm-hmm. everything in the universe i mean that's the whole concept of as below so above right. you are the universe and the universe is you so you can do basically anything you want if you really believe it uh it's like me i do protection spells i go to so many weird haunted locations and prisons and insane asylums i have my friends call a force field over my house where no spirits can get in or evil things can mess around with me but what's problematic with that is so sometimes i'll try an astral project but i can't get outside of my force field so I'll, (laughs) i'll just end up i'll just end up in my kitchen and it's super boring to like jump out of your body and then you're just standing in your living room uh, but <laughs> so you're on a house. Yeah, right? <laughs> but uh, I did a 
I did a Facebook live stream with some friends of mine, and we wanted to do a ghost kind of uh, seance session. So I had to pull the force field down on my house so that we could broadcast to have spirits come into my house because they're usually not allowed. And so when I pulled the force field down, the foundation of my house cracked, my crawl space flooded. And what? Really? Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. And then the back part of my house pulled itself away and cracked the whole ceiling of, of, of my house. What? Oh my yeah. God. Like that's... within an hour, within an hour of taking the, the force field down. That's crazy. Oh my God. Bizarre. You should, you should sell your force field <laughs> to... <laughs> Homeowners, yeah. See, homeowners. here's a good thing. Here's a, uh, so like a, we talk about how magic works and how people do it. Yeah. So you go to businesses and people's houses all the time and who have force fields, but they're not calling them force fields and they're not calling them witchcraft because they'll have a mezuzah by the door. Right. Interesting. Right. And so that's what they're doing. They're creating a way to remember that this place is protected and guarded every time they go in and out. And they're creating kind of a psychic intentional force field around the place to keep out bad spirits and harm. So they're doing magic. I'm so horny. (laughs) (laughs) We should do, we should join forces and do, you know, like some sort of like virtual seance. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, that'd be a little scary. Really cool. um, Will you tell me more about the astral projection? Uh, (laughs) So I mean, anybody can. Allie, let's see your hand. (laughs) (laughs) I swear. Uh (laughs) (laughs) I mean, astral projection is fun. It's weird to walk around and not be in your body, but anybody. Well, my grandma used to tell me that she could astral project, so that's why I'm I'm interested in it. Yeah, anybody can learn how to do it. There's some real like easy tricks that you can do to kind of teach yourself real quick. So like one of them is um, spend like a week and a half every night before you go to bed, sit on the edge of your bed and close your eyes and just imagine as deeply and as powerfully as you can, just imagine your room and then lay down and go to bed and imagine your room again. Then the next day, do the same thing. But when you're laying in bed, imagine walking down in your steps or walking to your front porch. And every day, imagine further and further away from your room until you get to a spot. So like, let's say uh, you're five houses down the street from where you started in your imagination. And you're just imagining five houses down. What you need to do then is, this is the kind of really creepy, weird part of it, is you need to go and like look over a neighbor's fence in your, in your imagination, look over the neighbor's fence and see what their backyard looks like. And then the next day when you wake up, go and look and see if you were actually imagining it or if you did finally pop out and go and look in their backyard. And oh, you'll find, that's so cool. You'll find the majority of times that you actually popped out and saw their backyard. Oh, my God. I'm oh, obsessed wow. with that. That's so cool. It's pretty weird. You know what's crazy is that that's a very um, Lee Straws. That's like an acting like that's Lee Strasberg kind of acting technique is to is to like study something or like to be able to close your eyes and see every detail of different like places in your life and stuff like that and so you're able to like go to that place that's interesting that that's oh. I don't know well and that's I mean so like when you talk about the power of intention or when people talk about whatever the secret or whatever things like that like the reality is that Everything does exist kind of within you because everything that you're seeing right now, you're actually not seeing it outside of your body. There, it's Everything outside of you is just bending light and bouncing light into your eyes, and then it's going into your visual centers of your brain. Your brain is reconstructing it and telling you that you're looking at it outside of yourself. So everything that you're seeing is in your mind. You've never seen anything outside of your mind. So then that... Bec- Maria, you look oh a little God. freaked out. Oh my God, I'm freaking out. <laughs> Maria's having a panic oh attack. God. You just broke Maria's brain. How do I get out of here? How do I get out of my mind? So that means you could, if you want to, if you really had the intentional power, you could tell your brain that there's a coffee cup there. And eventually you could start to see a coffee cup. And then eventually, if you become forceful enough, you manifest the coffee cup. And then it's actually there. Um, and so there's a lot of, but it's not though. Like I get, like I get it, but like how, at what point do you go? Like, I mean, can't you get lost in that fake reality of, (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like, yes, you can. Yeah. Because it's not, I mean, at what point do you get so good at it that you go, is this, it's like Inception when it's like, is this real or mm-hmm. is this not? Well, then then you bring up, so you're talking about occult and witchcraft stuff, then you bring up the concept of like tulpas and agrigores, which is you use your mind to manifest uh, a person or a spirit or a coffee cup. And the, the concept of an agrigore or a tulpa is that it becomes real. You push it into this reality and then it actually exists. Uh, we have, there's kind of old diaries from monks uh, in Asia mm-hmm. back in the 1800s where they didn't want to work in the rice fields anymore. So they, Is this like the orange thing? Yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. Where they would manifest helpers to help them in the rice paddy fields. And the helpers would show up one day and the monks had formed them out of their mind, pushed them into reality. And then after a while, those people that were created solely by thought gained their own consciousness, their own personality, and was like, why am I working for you? And they would leave and go out into the world. There's actually a weird, if you guys want to find a weird Reddit subcategory, it's tulpas and agrigores that people have created that are all talking to each other on Reddit. Oh, I'm interested. (laughs) Wow. Have you ever manifested something? Um, Yes. It wasn't that bad because it popped away as soon as it kind of became real uh i did a huge group experiment where i got people to help me manifest something and they didn't know they were doing that and then when it happened and everyone freaked out it winked out of existence it's really strange because a lot of the places that i go when i go ghost hunting there's no ghost in the place but over 50 years the ghost hunters have manifested a ghost in the location everybody has thought oh a little girl got a little girl died in here, a little girl died in here, a little girl died in here. And after 50 years, there's something in there acting like a little girl that died in there. Oh, wow. wow. That's crazy. Uh, So, but the people that are manifested, like the monks helpers, Uh so they don't have any history. Like they just, you go like, when were you born? Or they don't know. They don't. They just come into existence. Wow. But how, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's too much. you're a ghost girl. You should know this stuff. (laughs) Yeah. I know. I know. Well, we didn't, we didn't, season two would have gotten into this, but opportunity. Anyway, let me get back to witchcraft. I mean, so one of the things that I talk about at my lectures is one of the examples is how much people don't understand that witchcraft and magic is already ingrained in our lives. There was a guy at the bar that I go to. And he had on his Red Wings hockey jersey, and he was watching the Red Wings hockey game. And the bartender had told him what I do for a living, which is fine. And the guy looked at me and said, do you really do magic? Do you really think it works? And I said, yeah, absolutely. And he said, well, that's just a bunch of bullshit. It doesn't work. You're being fooled. People are conning you. And and I looked at him and I said, hey, uh, did you grow your beard out last year for the playoffs? And he went, fuck yeah, man. And I was like, Why? <laughs> And he's like, what do you mean, why? And I was like, did it help uh-huh. the team win? And he goes, yeah, that's we all grow our beards out and we win. And I go, oh, you're doing magic. You're doing sympathetic <laughs> yeah. magic. Mm. Like he thinks that him growing his beard out is actually right. affecting change in reality. Yeah. Right. Did he kick you out of the bar? <laughs> no. <laughs> do you say no one talks to me like I that? Take it, I, no. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. But if you look at, so like, if you look at a ritual magic gathering, if you look at like OTO or the Golden Dawn, you have an elder person who knows everything that's going on. You have the initiates who are told by the elder what to do. They're surrounded by the uninitiated who sing and chant in unison. You have a hollowed piece of ground that has numbers, letters, and chalk all over it. And they try and make something happen. That's a football game. You have a coach, you have players, you surround (laughs) them with fans. They all chant and sing. There's a piece of ground with chalk numbers and lines all over it. And they try and make something happen. Like a football game is just a giant ritual. That's so true. That's a crazy way of looking at it. Are you, do you practice alone or are you part of a coven? No, I practice alone. I, I I don't play well with others. (laughs) <laughs> the first time this is totally honest the first time i was going to be initiated into a ceremonial magic group and i realized the amount of like nakedness and stuff that was going on i was like oh. no, i don't want anything to do with this at all no way yeah. oh my god that's crazy wow don't, don't need it yeah i get that <laughs> don't need don't it don't need it don't, don't want it <laughs> don't want it <laughs> 
Maria, do you have any questions? No, I mean, there's just so much like, I know uh, there's just so much, <laughs> but in, in for, for the witch subject, I would just say like, I mean, I don't know. I think that's a great like start starter pack i know i feel like about witches i feel like we're gonna have like can we have you on for like 40 more episodes as we get more in depth on this (laughs) whatever you want (laughs) but i mean careful (laughs) (laughs) here's the so here's the here's the starter pack okay as as children we already do witchcraft we say prayers we make wishes we talk Mm -hmm. to trees we hug dogs and we see the world in a much more holistic, natural way. And -hmm. you can go outside and clench your fist during a rainstorm and you can make it thunder. You can go Mm -hmm. outside and stare at the stars and make a shooting star happen. And as we get older, we we think it's coincidental and we lose the ability to do that. Being a witch and doing magic is just reclaiming what you already knew you could do. I love that perspective. I I, I 100% think that I control the weather. I will. I stand firmly in that belief about myself. John, thank you so much for coming yeah. on. We appreciate it so much. Hope this was so interesting. Yeah. We, will, yeah, we will use every drop yeah. of it, and we'll definitely have you back on for sure. We should figure out something like a cool crossover type thing to do with you I'll know try and fig- to bring some I'll try and figure out how we can all do a big seance Ooh, oh, that, that would be, be so yeah. much fun I would love that I'll, I'll start thinking that would be about just a wealth of knowledge I'm a very boring old man thank you John thank you have a good rest so of the much. day Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Webcrawlers. Melissa, if people want to find us online, where can they reach us? You can email us at webcrawlerspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at webcrawlerspod and we're on Facebook. We got a Reddit page. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And also, if you are a witch, a practicing witch, or know any information, or... If you want to send us some spells, that would be really cool. Nothing bad, though. Yeah, but don't put a spell. I don't want a spell put on me. Only no, good no. spells. Yeah, well, I if you're if you're a real witch, you you like if you're like a white witch or like a real if you practice if you follow like the tenets of witchcraft, I, you can't put. You need like consent, I think. Like, I think you have to have consent before you can put a wit- uh, uh, a spell on someone. All right, good to know. Yeah, <laughs> and we don't we don't consent. We don't consent to spells being put on us. We yeah, you cannot you put a spell one. on me. No, I said that I would like to receive spells like via email. Like, email us a spell. Like, yeah, email, but in like, court this- that wouldn't have held up if you would have had a spell put on you. And then you would have Who's been in going court. to court. Which court? A witch we're, trial. Which court? Yeah, we're gonna... the witch court. The LA. The we're going LA to witch, witch trials. trials. The LA witch trials. Oh. The Erios witch trials. Oh, you know, no. If you have, if you have like a written spell, like, hey Melissa, hey Maria, hey Allie, this is a cool spell I have on like how to get abundance and wealth in your life just and i am not over to you and i'm not cursing you guys this is just a spell yeah this is like the written spell if you want to do it yourself yes here is the words to it like you get what i'm saying yes yeah i get it capiche okay cool um so email us at webcrawlerspod at gmail.com if you want to send us a written spell but you do not have consent (laughs) to do spells on us anyways i'm ali siegel i'm melissa stettin and i'm maria blasucci bye bye
My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.